Welcome back to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast, your only Ohio State football and basketball daily fix here on the interwebs. Today, Ohio State broke Michigan. Michigan football is dead. Okay, not quite, but they, oh man, they are going fast. They're on their deathbed. I'll discuss how Michigan football may be broken to almost the point of being beyond repair. It's like Pinocchio. When you tell a lie and the nose grows, every time they come up with a new new excuse for why they're losing to Ohio State, their nose grows an inch. Pretty soon, we're going to need a tractor trailer to keep that thing from falling on the ground. Because it's growing, baby. It's growing. I will discuss that, how Ohio State has clearly impacted the Michigan program, how they have a leader that has a culture problem, the lack of leadership at the top. We'll discuss that here coming up in a minute. In the second segment... I haven't forgot about Ohio State football playing Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship on Saturday. Is this a possible letdown, an emotional letdown, a sleepy game, one that Ohio State just goes through the motions because they beat Wisconsin so bad in the first meeting? I'll give my thoughts on that. And in the third segment, Ohio State basketball back in action as the number six team in the country in the latest AP poll. They will be traveling to Chapel Hill Wednesday night at 930 on ESPN. That is a battle of number six versus number seven. I'll discuss the Buckeyes in that matchup and a little bit of interesting poll history. I'll I'll explain that coming up in the third segment. Locked on Buckeyes is brought to you by JFQ Lending. All of your mortgage and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye. Licensed in 33 states and more on the way. Check them out at jfqlending.com. Locked on Buckeyes, as I mentioned, five days a week on your favorite podcasting platform. We're on Apple or iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes podcast on your smart speakers. Please tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a family member's friend or a friend's family member. Just spread the word about the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. You can interact with me on Twitter at KYLAM8 and follow the show at Locked on Buckeye. I can and I will confirm the rumor that is circulating around Buckeye Nation. There is another football game coming up on Saturday. You may have heard of it. It's the Big Ten Championship. It will be emanating from wonderful Indianapolis, Indiana, where Ohio State takes its undefeated record to Indiana against an opponent that it knows very well from this Big Ten Championship, the Wisconsin Badgers. You may also recall Ohio State beat Wisconsin like a drum, 38-7, earlier this week in a rain, or earlier this year in a rain-soaked horseshoe. It actually wasn't that bad. The first half was a steady rain, but it lightened up just in time for Ohio State to put on a thorough thumping of the Badgers in the second half. These two teams will be playing again. I'm not promising 59 to nothing as it was in 2014. I'm not even promising an eking by a seven-point win, six-point win, like it was in 2017. Actually, that game started out very promising for Ohio State. Looked like it was going to be another lopsided affair, but didn't wind up going that route. Wisconsin came back made it close, and probably that thin margin 
as shameful as it is that this is the status of the college football playoff, may have cost Ohio State a trip to the playoff that year. We will talk about that. I'll talk about it here coming up later in the show. Actually, in the next segment. And tomorrow, on Wednesday, I have a special crossover app episode with Asher Lowe, the host of Locked On Badgers, here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So I'll definitely continue to dive into this game. We'll preview it. We'll talk about it. We'll definitely discuss it. But if you don't mind, I didn't expect to come into the show doing this. But after Monday, I did some more... I did some more analyzing. I did some more thinking. I let this Ohio State win over Michigan marinate a little bit. And I made the mistake of letting Michigan Twitter invade my own safe space. And I saw some of the things that were being said and written about this game, about Ohio State, the excuses, all of the stuff that I talked about and discussed yesterday on the show. And I saw some more of it come. And, and I, I just, I have to get a little bit more off my mind because this is really, I was thinking about this. So I started reminiscing back to when I was in school. And I'm just going to be upfront with you. You know, back in junior high school and back in high school, I wasn't the uh, most uh, motivated of students, okay? I perfectly can confess I was a smart kid, that was kind of lazy at times. The funny thing about it, looking back now, I spent a lot of time scheming and preparing to get by being lazy. I'd think of ways to just get B's and C's. How can I turn in a half-done assignment and get credit for it? How can I get a B, a B plus, an A minus on the test without with missing a couple of assignments during that term? I was a real schemer, and I got by on that. I wasn't a a great student because I was kind of lazy, and I just found ways to do the bare minimum. I made the joke a few weeks ago, the tchotchkes joke from Office Space. Do you want to do the bare minimum, or do you want to go above and beyond? I was a kid that wanted to do the bare minimum. And as I've gotten older, older and become an adult, looking back at it, you know, I've got a lot more of a, a steady work ethic. I wasn't the greatest worker. I wasn't the, you know, going growing up and even into early adulthood. And looking back at it now, I understand it. There are things that I would change. But the reason I'm, I'm bringing up this memory and recalling history is because it really is striking to what's going on with the Michigan fan base and the Michigan program right now. They're spending so much time so much energy trying to explain away why they're bad. It's always somebody else. It's the NCAA. It's Ohio State. It's boosters. It's dirty coaches, dirty recruits, handlers, dirty professors. They have an answer for everything, and it's something other than their own program. They don't want to look inward. And I know fans have no impact directly on why the Michigan program is struggling, but it is a culture issue. Look at the two programs, Ohio State. You reflect on where these two programs are, and it puts a smile on your face. Because Ohio State 
owns Michigan. I heard Valenti on 97 won the ticket in Detroit on Monday. And he said, pardon my French, Michigan is Ohio State's bitch. That's his words, not mine. I'm just relaying the message. But it's true. Ohio State owns Michigan. I hate the expression expression living rent-free in someone's head, but Ohio State is doing that. The funny thing is Michigan fan will tell you that Ohio State fan is obsessed with Michigan. They think about it all the time. But on the contrary, Ohio State fans are enjoying this right now because they're watching Michigan fans squeal and squirm and complain and whine because they don't want to deal with the real truth. Michigan football is broken. It all starts at the top. Michigan right now has a coach that is insecure, does not want to be challenged, does not want to have any accountability for his program. He doesn't want to hear the media ask simple questions like, why is there a gap between Ohio State and Michigan? Everybody knows it exists. Anybody that watched that game Saturday, anybody that watched the game last year or has watched any game for the last several years knows Michigan football is broken. I respect Joel Klatt a great deal. I really do. He's one of the best, if not the best analysts out there. But there's one thing he's been missing, and that's the idea that Michigan's only problem is that Ohio State stands in its way. Oh, sure. Michigan can go out and win eight to nine games a season because it has just enough talent to get by the Maryland's, the Purdue's, even the Iowa's of the world occasionally. It's got enough talent to win those games fairly regularly. But look at Michigan football. Look at the history. This year, three losses. Last year, three losses. The year before that, five losses. The year before that, three losses. Three losses, seven losses, six, six losses, five losses, two losses, six losses, seven losses, nine losses, four losses, two losses, five losses, three losses, three losses. I've gone all the way back to 2003. Tell me in there where, where there exists a season that you think Michigan football lived up to ex- expectations. I already said on the show yesterday, Four seasons out of the last 25, Michigan football has had two or fewer losses, winning 80% of their games. Four out of 25. That's not Michigan football. The last five years of Lloyd Carr, which were very sleepy seasons. Now, to his credit, he did beat Ohio State once, and he won a Big Ten title, which is something Jim Harbaugh has not done. But he went 42-17. and 17. Jim Harbaugh has gone 43-17. and 17. At least Lloyd Carr was 32-8 and eight in the Big Ten. Jim Harbaugh is 32 and 12. Jim Harbaugh, one and four, one and three actually in bowl games. Lloyd Carr was one and four. Lloyd Carr beat Ohio State one time in five tries. Jim Harbaugh is 0 for 5. Those last five seasons, I don't know if you're old, how many of you are old enough to remember, but those last five seasons weren't cutting it for Michigan fans. The program had gotten tired. All Michigan has done now under Jim Harbaugh is going is skipped the Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke seasons, and they've gone back 
to the last five sleepy seasons of Lloyd Carr. That's not good enough for Michigan football. What happened to the Michigan football that was at least a national title contender? Granted, they didn't win an outright title since 1948, only winning the co-title in 1997, but that's not good enough for Michigan. So with all due respect to Joe Klatt, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a Michigan fan that is broken. They have a leader that is making excuses, and it is filtering all the way down throughout the program. The players play like a team that doesn't believe they can beat Ohio State. The players play like victims because their coach has embedded in them that they are victims, that they're victims of cheating, that they can't win. Woe is us. We're Michigan. Everybody else cheats. Everybody else has an unfair advantage. We can't win. All the while, the basketball team for the University of Michigan, led by a program the last several years, John Beeline, who has now gone onto the Cavs, but a guy that I respect a whole lot, built a really good program in spite of rampant cheating in college basketball. You all saw the headlines and the news that was coming out the last couple years in the college basketball scandal. You saw all the payments that were being made by boosters and by uh, street agents and runners and people that work with the shoe companies. There was cheating all over the place. Michigan still found its way into the national championship game twice. They found its way to the final four. They wound up winning 25, 26, 28 games at a time. They won Big Ten titles. Do you think John Beeline let the cheating become an excuse for his program? He won in spite of the cheating, despite being one of the good guys in college basketball that didn't stoop to the level of the cheaters and the scum that was pervasive in college basketball. It can be done. It's not being done by Michigan because they are led by a spineless man, a coward that just wants to make excuses. And their fans are buying it hook, line, and sinker. There's this feeling in college sports that a team, and it doesn't just exist in college sports, it exists in pro sports and high school sports and at every level, but there's a feeling that a team takes on the personality and the identity of its coach. That is happening at Michigan. Things are broken. The team has become cowardly, just like Jim Harbaugh. The fans are being cowardly, just like Jim Harbaugh. There is a culture problem at Michigan. I said the other day, and I still believe this, this was a good Michigan team. I'm not denying its talent. But this goes beyond talent. It's not just an issue of being less talented than Ohio State. That doesn't excuse losing three to five games a season as Michigan is doing right now. It excuses why they're losing to Ohio State regularly. But this is a deeper issue. Michigan is broken, folks. Ohio State broke them, and it wasn't the cheating that did it. It's not the recruiting classes that did it. It's it's just flat out executing better. It's going out and winning games with talent and coaching and being better and taking the game seriously to the point where they prepare for it and think about it every single day of the year. If you go into the Woody Hayes facility, you will see Michigan references everywhere, even throughout the season. Every single day, Ohio State asks itself, what have we done today to beat Michigan? 
Because beating Michigan isn't just being done one day a year. It's being done every Saturday throughout the season. It's being done in the offseason, in the weight room, in the living rooms, pitching to parents and recruits. That's how you beat Michigan. Ohio State embraces it. Michigan is running from it. I go back to my high school and junior high days. Michigan is me right now. Instead of taking the time to decide what do we need to do, let's look inwardly. How do we work harder to accomplish our goals? They're spending all their time trying to scheme ways to make excuses for why they're not getting it done. That's Michigan football right now in a nutshell. Their time and energy and effort is going into explaining away the losses instead of trying to turn them into wins. Michigan football is broke. Valenti said it best. They are Ohio State's bitch right now. Buckeye fans, enjoy it. You are living rent-free in Michigan fans' heads right now. Ohio State owns Michigan. What a role reversal from the 1990s. Enjoy it. You never know when it's going to turn around. It can change at any moment. But there is a, a river, a mountain, a valley, an earth, a stratosphere that separates these two programs. And I don't see that changing in the near future. Oh, by the way, Michigan may be going after Felipe Franks. Boy, <laughs> you talk about some fun times. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if that happens, that comes to fruition. Oh, next year is going to be fun. Coming up next segment, we'll talk about Wisconsin and the Big Ten Championship. Lock on Buckeyes is growing rapidly as the only daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. We have shown tremendous growth since our relaunch a little over a month ago. If you own or run a growing business of your own and you would like to grow with us, please, please reach out. Send me an email at LockedOnBuckeyes at gmail.com and I will tell you how with our great competitive rates and strong targeted demographic, we can help you grow your business together. So reach out, LockedOnBuckeyes at gmail.com if you are interested in advertising with us. So Ohio State in Wisconsin, part two, coming up this Saturday in the Big Ten Championship it is the third time in the last six seasons that Ohio State and Wisconsin have done the conference championship tango. I kind of see uh, there are some people that are hoping for 59 nothing. Others are expecting 26-21. I think this is going to be a little bit more like the 2017 version of the game than the 2014. There's two, two sides of the coin that you could look at here. Number one, Ohio State has already beaten Wisconsin soundly. It is tough to maintain emotional and mental edge coming into a game like this against a pretty good Wisconsin team, a top 15 type of team that you have already beaten soundly. They had the razor sharp edge the first time around because it was brand new. There was a lot of hype around the game. And now this time, I don't think that there is going to be that kind of edge. That's not to say Ohio State will be flat, but I just think it's hard to maintain that kind of precision and that kind 
of physical dominance over a team that you've already beaten 38-7 to once before. So from that standpoint, I'm kind of expecting a little bit closer game. And I'm not saying that Ohio State isn't going to show up, that they're going to be sloppy, that they're going to have a lot of turnovers and not play well. But I do have this feeling that these 16, 17, 18 point lines that we're seeing in some places might be a little bit on the high side. But here's the flip side. While it's probably difficult for Ohio State to be expected to deliver that kind of beating a second time against a pretty good team, there's the other side of this too, where Wisconsin was really hype, as the kids say, for the first meeting. They had a lot of confidence, even though they had just lost to Illinois, that probably just made their focus a little bit sharper because they had nothing to lose. They were coming off a loss. They were angry. They wanted to beat Ohio State really bad. It was a chance for redemption for them. All of their goals for the season were still on the line, and they still are. Some of them still are. They're not a playoff contender, but if they win this, they're going to the Rose Bowl for sure, most likely against Oregon, possibly Utah, depending on what happens. But they will be going to the Rose Bowl if they win this game. So this is an important one for them. But where they might not have the same confidence, it can actually work against them. Because this is a team they know their facing is really good. They learned the hard way in Columbus that Ohio State is really, really good. And I, I think that this is one of those games where they come in, if everything goes well early, you gotta re, you got to be really careful about letting that team stick around because they're good enough to beat you. On the other hand, if Ohio State knocks them, to use a prized fighter analogy, a metaphor, if Ohio State knocks them to the mat a couple times early, you're not real motivated to get up and, and stand toe-to-toe with this team again because you've already seen what happens. They got back into that game within a 10-7 to margin in the, early in the third quarter after that, after that punt fiasco, okay? They were in Ohio State territory, and they capitalized 10-7. And just like that, Ohio State, boom, goes down the field, scores a touchdown, gets the ball back, scores another touchdown. The game was basically over. And that could happen very easily. If Wisconsin gets up, they're going to have confidence. They have a chance to win this game. But if Ohio State delivers a couple of glancing blows, a couple of uppercuts, backs them into the rope, knocks them down to the mat early on, gets up by a couple touchdowns like they did in 17, unlike 2017, I'm not sure Wisconsin has the the gusto to come back. Jack Cohn is not the type of quarterback that you can come back with. You can't drop back. We all, we already saw Chase Young against that team. He was a one-man wrecking crew. I'm not sure Jack Cohn can lead them back. He can nurse a lead. He can win the game and make plays in the second half if it's a close game. But if they get down a couple touchdowns, 10, 14, 17 points, the game's over. So I'm expecting a close game, but I think Ohio State will get out early, and I think they'll pull away late. That's kind of what I'm seeing of this game. We'll talk more about it here coming up later this week. As I said, on the Wednesday episode, Asher Lowe, host of Locked On Badgers, will join me for a crossover episode as we preview the Big Ten Championship this weekend. We'll talk more playoff scenarios later this week. Maybe even a bowl selection projection special. I'm trying to wrap that up, get it planned with my man Galen Clavio, host of Crimson Cast. He and I have been doing 
uh, NCAA basketball tournament selection projections for many years. We were toying with the idea of doing one for the bowl games. We might have that coming up this week as well. As I said, much more Wisconsin preview, much more playoffs discussion coming up later this week. In the third segment, Ohio State basketball will preview the Buckeyes and Tar Heels coming up next. There is some basketball coming at you Wednesday night. Ohio State Buckeyes back in action in the Big Ten ACC Challenge in a huge non-conference clash with Tar Heels of North Carolina. That game is in Chapel Hill. It is a nationally televised game on ESPN. And I know you old crotchety folks that like to complain aren't going to like this when I tell you it is a 9.30 tip-off on ESPN. So, yes, if you want to get your Ohio State Buckeyes basketball in, you are going to have to stay up a little bit later. But it's okay. Just take an evening nap, get home around 6 o'clock, get some dinner, go to bed, take a short nap, and then you'll all be rested and ready to go for this big showdown which is between number six and number seven in the latest poll. And you may be surprised to hear Ohio State, not North Carolina, is number six. That's right. Buckeyes basketball going places right now. The Tar Heels lost to Michigan in Maui this past week. So the Tar Heels dropped. Michigan jumped all the way up from being unranked in the previous poll to number four in the country in this latest AP poll. Big Ten getting a little bit of love. Michigan State has lost a few times, so they have dropped. But you have Maryland at number three, Michigan at number four, and your Ohio State Buckeyes, number six. So number six, Ohio State, number seven, North Carolina, will be tipping off in Chapel Hill Wednesday night at 930. A little bit of anecdotal stuff here on the ranking for Ohio State, because this is interesting. The combined ranking this week of football and basketball, Ohio State being number one in football, number six in basketball in the AP poll, or I'm sorry, number one if you go by the college football playoff, number six if, uh, in the AP college basketball poll. It's probably not the mo- best, most technical way to do it, although it is the college football playoff ranking that matters. But the best combined ranking previous to that you go back into the December 13, December 1 and 2 rankings of basketball and football in the 2013-14 season where football was number 2 and basketball was number 5 at the same time. Those two are tied, this one and that early December poll of 2013. You have to go back to December, I'm sorry, November 26th and 28th of the 2006 season where football was ranked number 1 and basketball was ranked number three consecutive in the simultaneously, I should say. So Ohio State basketball in the middle of a possible championship race. Ohio State basketball trying to catch football right now, putting together a really, really good season under Chris Holtman so far. This is going to be a good test for Ohio State, but not as good of one as you may have expected coming into the season. Because I tell you what, North Carolina is talented, no doubt. They have some athletes. They are led by the best freshman in the country, in my opinion, Colt Anthony. He is the son of former UNLV star Greg Anthony. He's a really talented point guard, averaging 20 points, seven rebounds, four assists a game so far for North Carolina. But the problem with the Tar Heels is while they have a talented front line, uh, Backett and Brooks, really good players, 6'9", 6'10", respectively, or 6'10", 6'9", respectively, They are really struggling to shoot the ball. Uh, 
They are struggling to find scoring from their guards. They're not a very good shooting team, only shooting 32-33% as a team right now from three-point range. So Ohio State in this game may actually have a shooting and backcourt advantage. Cole Anthony, as I said, very talented. That's going to be a great showdown, by the way. Cole Anthony and DJ Carton. I can't wait to see those two plays. Two of the best point guards in the country this year as freshmen or two of the most talented freshmen. I'm not ready to put Carton as one of the best just yet, but he's got the ability to be. So Ohio State can go down and play a really good game. They're going to have to be uh, getting good production out of Caleb Wesson because he's got his hands full with a couple of those front court guys who are pretty good defensive players. But if Ohio State can play their game, take care of the basketball, and shoot the way that they have been shooting, then the Buckeyes have a real good chance to pull the upset here. This is a great week of basketball, by the way. Coming up tonight, Louisville, Michigan. You have Michigan State against Duke this week. Arizona against Baylor in a, in a uh, different game. Obviously doesn't count for the Big Ten ACC Challenge, but there is some great basketball this week. I encourage you to turn on the channel and pull up some college hoops because this is a great week for it. We've mentioned Ohio State basketball schedule. And boy, heavens to Betsy, does it get really good from here. 23 of Ohio State's final 24 regular season games from here on out are against power conference teams. They have just one game remaining later this month that is not against a power conference team. Coming up this week, they have North Carolina, Penn State at home this weekend. They have Minnesota still coming up, Kentucky and Las Vegas in a couple of weeks. And then they have West Virginia up in Cleveland later this month. And then they get back into the full brunt of the Big Ten basketball schedule. So everything from here, you need to get into basketball mode. If you like college basketball, if you like Buckeyes basketball, there's no excuses. Ohio State football after this Saturday will have a few weeks off. So you need to get in full focus, turn on your basketball goggles, your x-rays, your specs, Find the station near you that carries college basketball, especially Ohio State, and you've got nothing but appealing games pretty much from here on out, and it is a top 10 basketball team. And right now, college basketball, folks, I'm telling you, it is wide open. Ohio State is playing as well as anyone in the country right now. I'm not saying that it will be that way at the end of the year. I'm not trying to delude you or trick you into thinking Ohio State is going to win a national championship. I'm not saying that. I'm not there yet. But what I am telling you is Ohio State is playing as well as anybody in the country. Every single team has flaws. Duke lost to an unranked team at home that they were 27-point favorites against. Kentucky lost at home as 24-point favorites to an unranked team. Evansville. Kansas has been playing very sloppy, up and down. Ohio State already delivered a reported win over Louisville in a closed scrimmage this year. And Louisville is your number one team in the country right now. And remember, Chris Mack, Louisville's head coach, actually said that Ohio State kicked their butts. So Ohio State is good and may be playing as well as anybody in the country. So it is potentially a really special season for Buckeyes basketball. You've got, I think, a three or four horse race shaping up in the Big Ten between Michigan, Ohio State, that should be fun, Maryland, and I'm not writing off Michigan State yet. They're not looking very good right now, but certainly they do have some injuries, and if they get healthy and playing good basketball like we've seen happen at the end of the year with Michigan State before, we know how this ends. If that happens, 
then Michigan State will be in that mix too. But the Buckeyes definitely have a chance to be hanging a Big Ten banner, and who knows, at this point, they have as good a chance as any as making a deep run in the NCAA tournament. That is a long way away, I promise. I'm not getting ahead of myself. Just saying, there are many reasons to turn on Buckeyes basketball. Ohio State at North Carolina, Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. ESPN, part of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Tune in or else. I'll make it rain, folks. Don't test me. That's going to do it for Locked On Buckeyes today. As always, please tell a friend, spread the good word, spread the cheer, tell them about the only five-day-a-week Ohio State football and basketball podcast here on Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Buckeyes is on your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply by saying, play Locked On Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Feel free to interact with me on Twitter at KYLAM8. The show is Locked on Buckeye on Twitter as well. That's going to do it for me today. Remember, tomorrow on Wednesday, we have Asher Lowe, host of Locked on Badgers, doing a crossover episode as we preview Ohio State, Wisconsin, this Saturday in the Big Ten Football Championship. Have a great one, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon.